Welcome to On Strategy Showcase. I'm Fergus O'Carroll in Chicago. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or on Twitter at OnStrategy1. That's the number one. Uh, you can see all of the work associated with this and all of our episodes on our website for free at OnStrategyShowcase.com. And if you have any questions about this episode, you can email it to us at hello at OnStrategyShowcase.com and we'll try to answer questions on future episodes. Today, I'm super excited to talk with Johnny Walker, the world's number one scotch whiskey brand and producer of some of advertising's best and most recognizable work. The Keep Walking platform has been around since 1999. It's allowed the brand to find its place and moments and culture over that time in some really wonderful ways. Three years ago, they made the decision to evolve for a sort of a new emerging generation, sort of dusting off the traditional codes of the category in favor of a more modern vibe. So this is the story behind that evolution with Chris Goddard. He is Global Marketing VP at Diageo, and Camilla Harrison is CEO of Anomaly London. And also be sure to listen out for the unluck that will happen during this episode. Enjoy. So I've had the pleasure of having a number of Diageo brands on the show, and it took me a while to track all this down, but it's an absolute thrill to have Johnny Walker on. and. Um, the body of work over the last couple of decades is just phenomenal. It's what I would call iconic, famous work, and um, many of us are familiar with it. Some of us might not be, and I think there are surprises in actually doing the research for the show. There were a number of spots that I had never seen, and they were just a, a joy to watch. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of them today, but I welcome Chris and I welcome uh, Camilla <coughs> to the show. It is great to have both of you here. Thanks for, for joining us today. No, well, thanks, Fergus, for having us. I've always I've been a big fan of the podcast, so it's a pleasure to come and speak about Johnny Walker. So thank you. Yeah, You're thanks. Like, I that. <laughs> so I, I want to, you know, there's there's obviously the, the reason for us doing this is there's a recent campaign that sort of continues that thread of the keep walking theme that has been around for such a long time. I wanted to though first, because I don't want to assume that people uh, get this category, because I think that um, there are some nuances to this, Chris, that I think people would probably enjoy hearing about in terms of, of the definition of Scotch whiskey versus whiskey. Now, I used to work on uh, Remy Martin Cognac uh, back in the day, and for us, it was the recognition that Cognac had to come from the Cognac region, uh, otherwise, otherwise it was called brandy. Is it the same with Scotch whiskey? Does Scotch have to originate in Scotland, or, 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 or is, is that same sort of providence that that uh, yeah apply here? Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's a it's a wonderful story, and and yes. So if you, if you look at Scotch, and this is where the Scotch Whiskey Association have done a remarkable job of keeping this category so authentic. Uh, but essentially, not just any brown distilled spirit can be called Scotch. Um, so if you look at the Scotch Whiskey Association, they define it. They define Scotch whiskey as being a distilled spirit made in Scotland from cereals, water and yeast. So that's key. Cereals, water and yeast and Scotland and being made in Scotland is, of course, key. And the other thing that's, um, that defines a Scotch is it has to be aged in oak barrels for at least three years. Um, so if you... And I'm sure the listeners will be familiar with age statements that you, you often get on bottles of Scotch whiskey. But that age statement must reflect the age of the youngest whiskey that's used to produce that product. 
Um, and, you know, you often do get age statements and they're, you know, if they're on the bottle, it's called a guaranteed age whiskey. But you also get whiskies without an age statement. But the condition, like I said, is that any whiskey in that bottle has been aged for at least three years. As the number one Scotch whiskey, as you look to begin and continue to gain share, do you think about it as stealing share from other Scotch whiskies or from other whiskies or elsewhere? Yeah, we don't, we often don't talk about it actually in that sense, Fergus. And, um, you know, we look at all of the categories being an opportunity for Johnny Walker's growth. Um, and I think part of that is due, in, due to the range that we have. So like I mentioned, if you look at the Johnny Walker portfolio, it cuts across so many different occasions, um, whether it's red label in a high energy evening in Sao Paulo through to blue label, highly indulgent um, in, you know, a luxury, a luxury bar in Manhattan. And if you think about the different occasions that that traverses, our opportunity to have more consumers enjoying and drinking Johnny Walker, be it from beer, be it from cognac, be it from any other category, actually, we consider them all opportunities. So when we when we think about building our brand and the portfolio in its entirety, we we rarely, if ever, think about this is the category that we will target or the brand that we will target, but we do think about the occasions in which we believe the trademark can win. It's got to be very challenging to manage a brand when it goes from sort of entry level within the category to super premium. It's sort of the challenges that brands like Mercedes-Benz, BMW in the automotive category also faced as they began to sort of reach down into the smaller series vehicles there was that sort of you know that question of whether or not the the uh, brand would be diluted do you find that you have to be sort of nimble and sensitive to how you dial up and and how you sort of express the brand at those different levels yeah i mean i think the the beauty of johnny walker and i know we're going to get into it is we've we've landed on a positioning on this brand for more than two decades, that has successfully managed to carry the trademark. Now, of course, how Blue Label and where Blue Label shows up in many instances will be different to where Black Label shows up. Um, so there is an intricacy around the ex- often the execution, the commercial execution and consumer execution across the trademark. But one of the things that is challenging, for sure, Fergus, but that we um, that we have to work hard on and can and can call upon the consistency that we've created around the positioning of this brand is that we have enabled it to feel like a connected, consistent brand trademark. Um, albeit, like I say, the execution does show up from let's say black all the way through, all the way through to blue. But also, interestingly, because we cover so many markets, um, there are very few brands actually that I can think of in our world of beverage alcohol that do reach so many countries. We do have markets that are really focused upon the luxury end of the portfolio. Uh, So North 
Northeast Asia would be a good example, China, Taiwan, markets that are particularly focused on growing the top end of the portfolio, blue label and above. And we have other markets actually where the emphasis is around red and black label, uh, Latin America being a good example. So we also do have this geographical um, element that does help us and allow us to really lean in to different areas of the portfolio. So, Camilla, I've got to think that that when you look at like the campaign that we're going to be talking about today, the way that it's executed, um, it I got to assume that it has to work or at least not sort of um, um, negatively impact the perception on the higher end of the label. So do you think about the new work as being for the core brand or do you think about it as being for a, a sort of a part of the portfolio? We try to make the brand relatively um, agnostic of kind of the price point of an, of an individual of an individual product and of an individual market, but applicable to all. Because as Chris said, if you've got 180 markets and all of them have different perceptions of luxury, all of them have different price points, you've got to think about the brand and you've got to think about how you deliver the brand in a way that doesn't doesn't kind of damage or um lean overly towards any particular local market so uh local market conditions so that is why the power of the brand is so often and the power of the platform and the positioning we have with keep walking is so vital to the success of every single every single product within the portfolio for you guys as an agency as anomaly when did you come on to the come onto the brand and what was your initial impression when you looked at the brand and you obviously got an ask from Chris what was your impression of the brand at that time well we we did get an ask from Chris i think i mean we'd been working with the brand actually in north america a while so we were we were close to the brand and had um a great amount of love love and excitement for the brand as anyone in our industry would because it's an icon brand with a you know one of the very rare great enduring platforms um and positionings and yeah. i think that our excitement though was in huge part due to the ask because i think that we as we came onto the brand there was a recognition that it would now was the time to start to write the next chapter of Keep Walking. I think that with any iconic brand, as you have new audiences coming in, a massive part of our excitement to work with Keep Walking, and it's a very, very precious thing to inherit a positioning that has such a great legacy and to think about how to inject uh, modernity and help it connect with the next generation of drinkers. And a big part of that was to, um, I guess, sort of take it off the mantelpiece a bit and take it into the world. So a lot of big part of what we were doing actually was to, I remember like really early on in our conversations going, why looking at the category and going, you know, Johnny Walker is a brand all about progress and the whole category you know, um, has a bottle of whiskey with two tumblers sitting at the bottom right-hand corner of any... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, what would it be like if we sometimes showed the bottle with 
some liquid out of it, you know, actually being that had been consumed. And that is, an, you know, an iconic part of a real world. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more than answering your question, I guess. But I think it was, it was, it was sort of terrifying and exciting in equal measure because you inherit this extraordinary thing. Um, and you know that it has all the answers you need and you've got to, um, you know, we work together to try and infuse it with its next chapter of meaning and energy for a new audience. So it was a great, great privilege more than anything. So Chris, you, you, um, was Anomaly already working on the brand when you went to them with this new ask or, or was this a pitch? And then lastly, what was your ask of the agencies if it was a pitch? Anomaly were working on the brand on our North American business but it was a pitch globally. So um, we invited, this was 2018. I remember it fondly, Camilla. Uh, End of 2018. um, Yeah, we we held a pitch. Um, As you say, we had this beautiful positioning, been around for more than 20 years. It was of which, of which keep walking is the motto. Honestly, what's the, what's the, what's the positioning by the way? What do you think of as the positioning? Yeah, so the positioning, when we create the position in 1999, it's all around inspiring personal progress. Nice. That's what Keep Walking Men. Um, and I'll come back to the, your 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 question around the pitch, but if, if, if we go back a couple of decades, this was, you know, eve of the millennium, um, that notion of status, personal progress um, was immensely powerful. Uh, and it did us really well. It was our first ever global advertising campaign when it was created back in 99. Um, we worked with a number of people over the over the years that best demonstrated personal progress from the days of Harvey Keitel and Haile Gabriel Selassie and Richard Branson. We worked with many people, told some beautiful stories, and times have just changed. You know, personal progress is is less relevant. Uh, individual progress is less relevant versus that of collective progress. Um, status has changed enormously over those years. So really the brief at the time, if we fast forward to 2018, is how do we make Keep Walking famous today? How do we break and bust the conventions of this category uh, um, and bring what is a powerful notion of progress into you know the 2020s? And that why, was the why did you why did you feel you needed to do that? Was there a sales decline that made that evident to you? No, there wasn't a sales decline. I mean, the the, the brand had been performing um, steadily. It wasn't performing exceptionally. Uh, there was clear changes in consumers' expectations from brands consumers um behaviors the way in which consumers were interacting with brands um and also you know we felt that as a iconic 200 year old brand we had a duty actually just to really start to shake up the category as a whole and lead the category um and you know this was at a time like we touched on earlier, where we were seeing other categories really growing fast, tequila, gin, doing extraordinary things. And actually we felt we need to be leading that for, for whiskey. And, and, and vodka too, right? Vodka was killing it for so many. 
years, right? Yeah, well, particularly in North America, actually. Yeah, Tito's, Tito's, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, that transformed that category. So it just felt like, you know, this is the time. And as, 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 as Camilla said, it was in a backdrop of a category that did have some of those connotations of nice glass, lump of ice. You know, we had, we had to change that. Uh, that was the brief. The unlock is the part of the show where we pause for a moment to explain what's about to happen and how this moment unlocked the success of the campaign. In this episode, the unlock is not discovering that you have to change, but about discovering how to change and where to look for your cues. We're about to hear where they were found and how they set the tone for everything that led to the new work. I suppose the lesson is you can't wait for an audience to grow into you. You need to meet them where they are and grow with them. Just to sort of echo Chris's point, you know, progress has always been at the heart of this brand. And I think if, as we move into, (laughs) we live in a world now where a brand's behaviors are a testament to, to, to what it believes in and, and 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 with 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 a platform like keep walking i think continual you know reinvention and leadership is a big part of what 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 needs to sit inside a brand that stands for progress is leading the way and so yes i think i think that the um the codes of the category they had they had probably in fairness emerged slightly ahead of the very very mannered world i was just talking about the sort of you know um le- world of the leather armchair but the category was um behaving in a very uh homogenous way i guess um everyone was seeking a kind of slightly earlier evening occasion there were you know even just visually it was some very honeyed uh colors and a, a, a more informal vibe about the category as, as as brands were sort of um loosening up i suppose the the older codes of whiskey um and i think what became really imperative during the process for us which was that you know we needed to sit out we needed to sit above that we didn't just want you know to be the best at doing the whiskey codes we wanted to break open those codes and 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 have much more kind of cultural relevance much deeper connection with our our audiences around the world and so actually we looked outside of the whiskey category for our inspiration our inspiration a lot of our inspiration was taken from um, the, the the changing codes in the modern luxury category where really established icon brands were totally reinventing themselves and yeah. they were behaving in much, much more um, uh, dynamic and um, surprising and disruptive ways um, and with much more confidence and demonstrating much more leadership and more playfulness, I would say. So, so we, we, we were seeing the kind of, you know, the growth of, you know, millennial, millennial audiences in what were like really established icon brands in modern luxury. And we, 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 we kind of looked into that and there was a big dose of self-disruption that sat at the heart of the thinking for the kind of next chapter of Keep Walking. Yeah, I, I remember we, we had on the show Audi, uh, BBH uh, came on the show and we talked about the work in Europe. And um, there was a spot that was produced here in the US for Audi 
I never forget it. It was just this brilliant spot. And with the essence of it, it was this comparison between old and new luxury. And it sort of positioned Mercedes-Benz as this as, as the sort of old traditional luxury and Audi as as the new luxury. And in that interview, um, they talked to me about this spot that inspired a lot of it for them, which was the Kenzo fragrance spot uh, that Spike Jones mm-hmm. uh, shot, right? And this was maybe five or maybe 10 years ago now, I'm not sure. But it was. It seems like that is it, it, what you're kind of talking about, Chris um, and Camilla, about that idea of breaking the codes, and it did it so beautifully. It, it was was that what was going on in your head too, Chris? Before you had this ask that you needed to sort of break out. Yeah, it's it's so funny you bring that example up because that example was used in the course of our work together with Anomaly. It's a great example, um, and yeah, yes, it was. Um, it was at the heart of the ask. I think what Anomaly have done brilliantly is they uh, made it really apparent. They gave us clarity as to how we could achieve it. I think the 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 use of luxury as a parallel category for how they did it was massively powerful to us. And this notion of self-disruption, all reasons why we chose to work with Anomaly at the time. Um, and um, the Kenzo spot's a great example of it. But I even think back to, you remember, Camilla, when North America took out uh, Times Square um, and put a bottle of Johnny Walker upside down, spinning around, you know, playing with it in a way that we would, we've never done. And it was exactly what we needed to do. Uh, and there's many other examples of, <laughs> of things that we've done in the last 18 months that, you know, a couple of years ago, we would have really, would have, would have probably felt a bit too far um but uh but it's exactly what the brand and the category needed well and i think just just to build on that i think it was an an extraordinary um uh partnership in creating that because what we were observing and what we collectively were deciding to do were not just breaking the codes of whiskey marketing but they were breaking a lot of the codes of just established marketing, you know, kind of not being precious around your iconography, your very, very precious 200-year-old iconography, and having it sort of um, exploding with energy, I guess, and being much more playful with, with, with it, you know, being totally kinetic as a brand, thinking about the need to kind of uh, – entertain um and be disruptive and 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 I think it asked you know really challenging questions of sort of you know not showing your 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 products in the way that you've always a category has always shown its products in a way with the light in a certain way and the sunlight and this and that and the right way up and not spinning around and with the lid off or with the lid on and all of these things were a massive part of getting the heads heads to turn towards Johnny Walker and, and 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 understanding that this was a very, very modern, vibrant, relevant mm-hmm. brand with bag loads of swagger. And, you know, going all the way back to that Robert Carlyle spot, spot where he talks about the fire in the belly and the glint in the eye, it was so much of it was about capturing that amazing attitude that is inherent in Johnny Walker and, and sort of unleashing it, I guess, at scale. So, so Chris... I've got to think, and this is just maybe I'm wrong, but I've got to think that at some point in this whole process, 
there, there, uh, there has to be concern about how do I sell this into the organization? And uh, Diageo is a very progressive marketer, um, but I've got to think that there were people who felt they had a lot of equity in where the brand had been. And when you look back to the Robert Carlyle spot, the man who walked around the world, when you, when you look at a lot of that early work, earlier work, I mean, it, it was sort of steeped in, it was steeped in the heritage of the brand uh, rather than being in the moment, but it was brilliant work. I mean, did you face any sort of pressure or any sort of resistance as you began to think about steering the ship in a different direction? Honestly, no. Um, there was a recognition that this was the right thing to do on Johnny Walker. Um, I think uh, if you look at the backlog of, of Walker work, not just the Robert Carlyle one, which is a good, which is a good piece of work. It's a great piece of work, actually. But you know, there are many, many examples of where we have been really, really brave and bold, actually, with the brand. Um, think about the work we did in the Lebanon. Uh, think about the work we've done in Brazil. Um, uh, the work we did with Haile Gabriel Selassie. You know, there are there are moments in time when Johnny Walker um, has done incredibly unexpected and powerful things. So, so the business was supportive. The organization acknowledged that this, that the brand needed um, to evolve actually. And, um, and the support, and the support, what, and the support was there. I mean, don't get me wrong. It helps sitting in the position we're in now, sort of two years down the track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with, with, with evidence that we're doing something remarkable, the, the numbers are shifting um, commercially and from an equity perspective, of course, then it becomes that much easier. But but I have to give massive credit to the leader, the leaders of the business actually in 2018 when they gave us the freedom to go for it. What about, I mean, I remember, I remember spots um, that like Keep Walking America in 2016, which was sort of based around the immigrant story in the face of an awful lot of nationalism here and around the world. Uh, Brittany Howard, Never Walk Alone. I mean, these are these are spots that seem to sort of um, emerge from the idea of inspiring personal progress. It's not just about what you yourself can achieve, but it's almost societal uh, progress too, Camilla. Is, is that sort of is that where you do you see opportunities for that for the brand to be able to express itself on issues of social justice of equality are, are those opportunities that come out of the idea of personal progress too well, it's a, it's it's a, it's a great question because a big part of the shift in keep walking um and the shift in progress has been from personal to collective so as chris talked about you know back in the day it was all about personal progress but 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 notions of progress shifted in culture and that that the the not just the recognition of that but the need to um re really reframe how the brand operates culturally and the purpose of the brand really being about driving collective progress, shared progress, and being much more focused on community and culture. And those spots in particular are great examples of um, spots that were designed to land at a certain moment in time in culture and talk 
to a collective moment. Because of the strength of the brand and the equity of the brand, we have very strong equity across the markets, particularly in our developed markets. Um, and keep walking, you know, it is, it's, it's a tattoo on people. It's on the t-shirts. It's a bumper sticker in many instances. Like it's, it means something which gives us the license to get involved in conversations, narratives, have a point of view that do reach beyond our category. I think the sweet spot when we do this i think the guys the team in north america do a fantastic job of having a meaningful view making a meaningful difference in topics that matter connected deeply to collective progress as camilla says uh, but i think the sweet spot is doing that in a way which is still true to what we are we are an alcohol brand that has optimism it needs to be a good dose of fun you know this is where it's, it's that's where we operate and i think that's where we get it where we get it right um i think candidly in the past we've gone into social issues where i think we haven't quite got that other bit right and it's felt a little uncomfortable i think where we're getting to now is um is really starting to get spot on as to what 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 are the big cultural tensions that can get in the way of collective progress north america going after gender diversity and giving really rich opportunities for women uh, be it in business be it in bars and the work we're doing there i think is tackling a big topic. We're making big commitments, meaningful commitments, but we're doing it in a way that feels very natural for a brand like Johnny Walker. Um, and I want to see more of that around the world. Before we move on to turning to the new work, I want to just drop a couple of my favorites into the uh, into this audio track. Uh, we'll do the, we'll do it in edit, but I want to mention a couple of spots that have that are just really powerful for me. The first one is um, obviously the man who walked around the world, which was the Robert Carlyle spot, a six minute one take film, uh, which was extraordinary. Here's a true story about a young lad named John. Just a local farm boy. There was something special about the lad. A glint in his eye, a fire in his belly, a spring in his step. And one day, he went for a walk. Now this walk began when his father died. The year was 1819, and he was just 14 years old. Dreaming counselor. Well, these were the days when young boys were sent into the fields. The mills, the mines, tough times. But young John, was smart enough to be lucky. His father's farm where he was born and raised was sold, and the proceeds used to open a grocer's. Big responsibility for the wee lad. His own shop in Kilmarnock, with his name in the door, John Walker. Hop Johnny, as the world now knows him. The other one which was which was just sort of wonderful and wonderful escapism for me uh, was Gentleman's Wager from 2014 with uh, Jude Law and Giancarlo Gianni. Um, just beautiful cinematic work um, that um, was sort of, uh, it felt like a flashback to the talent of Mr. Ripley. I want this boat. Built in 1928. Designed by the Baglietto Yard. Variazze. 
Italy. Nothing like it in the world. Rarer than rare. It's not for sale. I want to buy with money. I want to win it. With a dance. <laughs> the recent uh, work that I just referenced earlier, Keep Walking America. As I went walking, I saw a sign. And on the sign it said, no trespassing. But on the other side, it said nothing. That side was made for you and me. When the sun came shining and I was strolling and the wheat fields waving and the dust clouds rolling, as the fog was lifting, a voice was chanting, this land was made for you and me. I, I love those spots. Uh, just beautiful cinematic, just and all all on brand and expressed in unique ways. So let's uh, let's turn around and talk about uh, t- the work uh, uh, today, Camilla. Um, how would you describe the campaign that uh, you guys launched, and and how and when did it launch? Well, it's a great. When did it launch? Is a great question because it's actually been a. I think when I think about the campaign, I think of probably a, <laughs> as I don't know if Chris does, a, the sort of two and a half year journey um, of of the the the, the sort of um, the new iteration of Keep Walking, and actually that started as I talked to earlier. We really started that journey with the product and with our, our our incredible product and our icons and our bottles and really trying to sort of inject modernity into them and the final the final we went on a, a, a journey around how the brand shows up from a serve point of view and the final piece in the jigsaw rather than starting with philosophy if you like the final piece in the jigsaw was to um I guess reframe and reignite keep walking with and build and 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 breathe new life into it and I don't really mean like all new meaning it was this sort of change in meaning that was about much more around kind of collective progress but most importantly breathe energy into it and breathe life into it because for us it's so easy to remember that that keep walking you know we work in marketing and we're not as young as maybe some of the people that we might want to be talking to. But for a lot of people, they haven't grown up with that. And so for a lot of people, this was really the first, this this was almost like launching Keep Walking to the World while simultaneously reinventing it. Take a walk on the wild side. Typically, we think about a launch being the big launch with the uh, with the with the films and the spots, et cetera. But I, but I but I think is that you guys sort of initially launched with more out of home and and sort of um, uh, digital display, possibly around the bottle. 
why why start with sort of the the bottle rather than the broader film or am i picking that up wrong no 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 that's exactly um it's exactly how we did it um i think we wanted to you know really just come out with a you know with a big statement that said johnny walker is you know is doing things differently i think what's so beautiful about the bottle work is it carries across the whole world. So you've got, you imagine we've got 180 markets we sell in uh, different stage, different stages. Keep walking means something here versus something there. It's, you know, we have a, a complex geography to deal with. So coming out with something that played with that in a very disruptive, big way with, you know, some incredible out of home buys, unexpected uh, places that we showed up felt like a different way of doing it. We could have made a TV ad and put it out there as the, the new launch, but actually it felt more distinctive to do it a little differently. So are there any, uh, Chris, are there, are there things or tactical executions within the comms plan or initiatives that you are particularly proud of that are part of the overall campaign? Uh, I, I think the work we did um, with quotes, so I don't know how familiar you are with the quotes work, but we... Yeah, I have it right here, know, actually. We, yeah, we identified some some of the most inspiring, remarkable quotes from great people around around the world that we um, that we broadcast in unexpected unexpected ways. We had uh, drones above the the skies of Sao Paulo, encouraging people to keep walking at some of the toughest times. Nice. Um, you know, there were some remarkable executions that the countries around the world took with this new invigorating statement to keep walking that, that really really put the the two words those two magic words on the map in a way that we haven't had probably for 15 years actually in fact it's worth if you haven't checked it out you should take a look at the documentary we did in uh, in africa which was identifying some of the most remarkable uh the people from the continent that were doing acts to really drive progress in their respective communities. We are a sleeping giant at the moment. That giant is slowly but surely awakening. Whatever we are doing now, it's going to reflect in the future. We are not asking for permission anymore. We are who we are. Beautifully African. I'm curious about the quotes work. Uh, Grace Jones, Mae West, Mark Twain. The people that you pulled out, and I think it's something, I was thinking about the DNA of Johnny Walker and when it goes back as far, you know, so far the Johnny Walker spirit has always been not something that just belongs to the brand. It's always been something that's been a shared approach. And I think what the quotes work does brilliantly is it talks to a timeless approach to the way that some people live their lives. And we, just the same as we look for the most famous and iconic tracks we could find about what walking, we were searching for the most famous and iconic people that most represent that Johnny Walker philosophy, those people who have really kind of taken, been bold and taken steps with energy and passion to kind of make an impact in culture and make culture and life more interesting and richer. And so 
Hence the reason you get the people that you get. It's less about the moment in time where they lived and more about what they were known for in the way they live their life. It's uh, Chris Goddard is Global Marketing VP at Johnny Walker at Diageo, and it's Camilla Harrison, CEO and partner at Anomaly in London. Thank you both. Brilliant work. And uh, I um, continue to be excited about everything that's happening with that brand. Uh, thank you both for joining us today. Thanks, Fergal. Thanks, Fergus. And we'll see everybody on the next episode.